Welcome to the Entrepreneur Show. This is your host, Michael Mara. I'm the CEO and founder of Entra, a social network for entrepreneurs, investors, and freelancers. On this show, we interview the top CEOs, venture capitalists, angel investors, and founders. Connect with me and thousands of other like-minded people by signing up for free at joinentra.com or download our mobile app on iOS and Android. Zeka, for people who aren't familiar with yourself, I'd love to, uh, you, you have a very, very interesting background and uh, you, you've been in the investing arena for the last several years. So uh, why don't you give people a little bit of background on yourself, how you got into investing? I know you were, you know, you had a tremendous career as well and then you got into investing um, and it seems like you're full blown into this, uh, investing world now and, uh, doing amazing things. So why don't we, why don't we start with that? And why don't you tell us a little bit about, uh, how you got into all this and then where, where this, uh, I guess drive for starting to invest in startups came from. Okay. Wow. Okay. That's a lot. That that's a lot to unpack. How many hours do we have? <laughs> I like it. I love the question. It was a great question. Okay, so let me try. I'll try my best. My name's Zeka. I'm the general partner of Responsibly Ventures, and um, it's a pre-seed VC impact fund focused on sustainability and social good. There's the quick pitch. And my background, so I have a background of maybe 15 plus years as a sustainability-focused investor. I started as, a, as an environmental economist way back in the day, and since then, my whole kind of um, focus has been to to put my money behind things that are better for the planet, better for people to keep it super, super simple. <laughs> Absolutely love it. And I'm actually going to, for people who are just popping into, I'm going to screen share, uh, some of his site and everything as well, because like what he's doing now is absolutely incredible. Um, you're too kind. You, while you got into, so when you first started all of this, right? Like when I, what, when I was in diapers, what what <laughs> made you want to die? I, I know you, like you were in, in this, but what made you want to get into venture? Like, cause it, it. it's very different than like, you know, working in you know, the environmental industry, having a job, you know, working with the government, all that stuff. Like why, why get into the tech and start up an investing scene? Well, uh, okay. So I, the light bulb went off in terms of venture uh, around three years ago, I was working with a family office and I was running a quant team and I was working on the technical due diligence side for some of the, some of the venture deals. So in family offices, they, they, they're able to kind of invest across arenas and asset classes, things like that. And for me personally, that was a tremendous opportunity for one. I found that venture capital requires a lot of synergistic type of thinking across, um, ideas, you know, idea scapes or across, um, markets, across, uh, relationships, across, you know, kind of segments, if you will. And that was just tremendous because it felt like I could use a part of my creative brain for that. I, I love the aspect of creativity, which goes into the, this field. In my experience, that's really what stimulates me in terms of uh, you know, every single day I'm learning something from the founders, how amazing their teams are and what they're working on. And usually I'm the dummy to go into the meeting. I'm always the one to be like, okay, tell me what I don't know. Cause I know I don't know a lot kind of thing. And that. That's the, that's the, that's the true pleasure of my, of my work. Yeah. It seems like that's, that's a common thread I've noticed with other investors is, and it's one of the reasons why when I'm done with all the entrepreneurial stuff, uh, at some point I, I would You'll never be done. Don't even say that get into the investor side. And it's one of those things where I don't think I could ever turn off that switch. Uh, but it's something that can I stop you for a minute there, Michael? Yeah. Well, okay. So firstly, you're investing in your own company right now. You're yeah. investing your time, your resources, your money, your capital, a general partner, you know, I'm also a founder. So I, I look at myself as operating under constraints, uh, similarly, um, just not, I apologize for stopping you there, but that's, I mean, basically, you know, if you're going to operate a fund at some point, or if I'm going to, we also have to have a founder mindset in terms of how to utilize the resources. Uh, 
I'm sorry to interrupt you though. No, you're good. I, I totally agree. I think it's uh, the, the way that I look at it in a lot of, you know, from, from a slightly different perspective is like, okay, the reason that a lot of investors love investing is because they don't necessarily have to come up with the ideas so much anymore but they get to talk about all these interesting things and get presented with experts in industries. And like what you were saying is you, you get to talk to the smartest people in whatever, in a bunch of different industries, really innovative things. And can I I extend what you're saying in a slightly modified way? Okay. I totally agree with you in that. Um, but I'd also say that there's um, a really fascinating part that happens when you see I don't know how many thousands of deals I've seen, how many pitches I've been through, et cetera. You get in this space where you know enough about to be dangerous, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that me. <laughs> but then in some, in some ways you get to be part of the innovation process. For example, let's just dumb this down way down. For example, you're pitching to me and I have a reason to be taking the meeting with you. You're, I love your vision. I love your, your team, your product, your traction, et cetera, et cetera. I love the impact focus. Now, I know a million things that you may not know because I've spoken to your competitors and there was an obvious pass, et cetera. I have an ethical duty. I have this, this, I, this thing where I need to be careful in terms of conflicts of interest. As you know, I like to ethically operate and most, most VCs, if not all VCs tend to do that um, mm-hmm. because it's a relationship business. However, one thing that's maybe overlooked in my view, and I know we're jumping like way down the deep end. I love this. This conversation just. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> yeah. For, for me personally, I think that one thing that may not be discussed as much in the entrepreneurial side of the discussion is that perhaps uh, an investor, when you're entitled to all this trust, you know, I, I, I know a lot of material aspects about businesses that I sometimes don't want to know, but there's an element of what, so when I take information and synthesize it based on private discussions that are material to other parties. I have this responsibility to synthesize it in a way that's going to generate value for our fund, but to do so in a way that doesn't damage or harm others. So, and that's a value, there's some weird value in that. And I've been talking about this in a couple of interviews recently and having open discussions about it. And I think it's not discussed enough because there's an aspect of innovation in that, which is not obvious. It's kind of a funny thing I'm discovering as I go here. So hopefully, hopefully I'm not. (laughs) <laughs> saying something obvious, but <laughs> yeah, no, you're good. I, I think it's, I think the entire way that, um, you're building your fund and a lot of these investors. So I've always personally, I've always enjoyed talking to angel investors more than venture capitalists. I understood. And Part of that, in my opinion, is what you alluded to earlier, which is the fact that they are kind of they're entrepreneurs in their own right, right? They're they're they created the fund, um, or they're investing their own capital, so they have their own skin in the game. And a lot of people don't realize that most investors are just as much on the fundraising trail as founders a lot of the time because they're trying to get money from LPs as you as you are you know, trying to all the time. So there's like 20, 30% overlap between you be somewhat competitive, but then also, yeah, exactly. And I think the venture game is changing a lot because, uh, people are getting into, they're carving out their own issues like you are, and they're, they're carving out their own, uh, you know, social followings too, and their own, uh, expertise within different sectors. That if I'm in, like, if I was building anything in sustainability or, you know, in a lot of ways, we believe we're doing a lot of social good with Entre, but it's, you know, it's a little different, right? But like, you'd be the third. I like what you're doing. You know what I mean? You'd be the third person that I'd want to contact, obviously. Like, you're you're someone who I would love to, you know, because I view you as a a leader in that space. So there's no kind. I think a lot of people especially with like consumer products. And this is like the trend of a lot of influencers coming into this space as well. Um, I just interviewed, uh, 
uh, Marshall from Animal Capital, who is the fund with Josh Richards and all of them, and they're able to push, you know, a, a lot of investments and things and uh, companies just because of their their following and how much you know they have on 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 social media alone. Exactly. Uh, they change the whole trajectory of a company. So it's really True. fascinating. That is a fascinating point. I'm starting to discover this slowly. It's how how much influence does tie into the the game of venture capital. It's it, it, and it's not something to be discounted. I think as we see, you just mentioned it yourself in the product side. You have, have celebrities going toward product. This has been happening for some time. Influencer networks, creator economy, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it, pe people people's influence is valuable. I don't think that that's going to go away. Do you? Not at all. It's something that I think is really just getting started. Uh, I see. In my opinion, if you look at like uh, Harry Stebbings as well, I mean, he's turned into a, a major player in the VC game now, and and it's mostly just because of his podcast, right? Yes, yeah. such fun. a podcast. So you look at that alone; that's just like one example of it. But um, you know, these guys with Animal Capital, and then you look at uh, even like you know Jake Paul and Mr. Beast, and all the, they're starting new investment exactly. startups too. So. It's just getting started. And then I think with the um, kind of another hot topic right now, which is like Web3 and DAOs and stuff like that. All right. I'm ready. Let's do this. You know what I mean? Well, you know, the, these influence, whoever, anyone could start a DAO, right? And then yeah. just raise money with their friends and their followers. And then it start investing in things or buying certain projects or buy, buying companies. Uh, buying the constitution, which is, yeah. I was, I just popped in, I was listening right before is the jury out on that one. Cause it's hard oh, to tell. Yeah. They, they ended up not getting it. Uh, stinks. Yeah. I, I put in a little bit too. I was just like, you know, right. whatever, like, this is cool. But, um, yeah, they were talking about it. I mean, they had, you know, like three Lao was in the Twitter spaces. They had, you know, Kimball Musk and people were there like supporting it. And like, they were really excited about it. And it was something that I think is going to become more and more popular. How, how do you look at, how do you look at all of this stuff with your, your underlying thesis with social debt? You like really pro crypto pro decentralization, like how yeah. are you thinking about I, I do actually think that I'm going to take a hard line on this one in that. So I, I worked at this family office. They were focused on blockchain and they were focused on crypto through 2016, 2017 wow. on the equity side and also on, on the, the quantitative side. Wow. And it was tremendous to see a lot of that. What I'll say to be non-material to anyone, things like that. Um, what I'll say is that what surprised me the most about crypto at that time in 2018, this was after the first bubble was how much fraud there is in that market. It, mm -hmm. it was a honeypot of fraud. And I, I actually had not, I wasn't aware much of crypto when I first was offered that position. Um, I, I later left, but from my perspective, what was so surprising to me was how much garbage there was in that space. And I don't know why it attracted it per se. Maybe it's just the hot money thing. Uh, maybe it's the speculative aspect. I'm skeptical that, that the fraud element isn't there today. Um, however, I think it may be a little bit less right at this point. I mean, they had a major, major run up in price, as you know, 2017 was just a, a big oh, yeah. swing <laughs> and downswing. Um, having, and I'll just say just generally, I, I don't want to necessarily like poo poo any, any ideas because I think what's happening with DAOs and what's happening with, um, a lot of the blockchain technologies is, is amazing. But I will also say that, that it is a still quite very much the wild west. And the way I look at it from the standpoint of the fund is, and I'll, again, I'll, I'll take a little bit of hard line on this one. We, our fund aligns with the UN SDGs, the sustainable development goals. And I see the SDGs not misalign from blockchain nor crypto. But what I will say that, um, because there's so much hyper speculation. And there's so many legal risks and there are so many um, aspects of uh, fraud and or vice, this idea of vice, it, it becomes 
quickly apparent that most deals are a pass from the from the standpoint of some structural components. For example, the way in which some companies um, distribute uh, ownership stakes in the tokens and or the equity can be somewhat confusing and it can misalign with venture and it can misalign with the, the investor founder uh, dynamics. So in, and in addition to that, uh, a 10 year fund has its own set of constraints in terms of where the investment windows and the size of the market, et cetera. It's not a game of quickly recycling back into the fund for most people. For us, we don't do recycling, I'll say, um, but anyway, I don't, we don't invest directly in crypto tokens. I can say that strongly, but we also don't have a vice law. So I do have discretion to make decisions, but I'm very skeptical to put it quite frankly. Yeah, that, I mean, that makes a lot, of, that was very well said. It makes a lot of sense. And I think there's, there's so much that's going to be happening over the next couple of years. I mean, we're so early yeah. still. There's so much changing and I think no one really knows how much regulation the SEC and restrictions are going to be put on a lot of this stuff. So it is tricky. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunity. It's definitely the, going to be the future in one way or another. I know, I agree. Hard to figure it out. The but layer two thing is exciting to me. Layer yeah. two is very exciting. The point earlier too, um, which is like the fraud and all that. Yeah, it, it's one of the things that was, you know, it, it was weird when I first got into all of this <clears throat> back kind of around that same time, like 2016, 2017, it was like the majority of people who were using it for illegal stuff. Like, oh, that's, right. Exactly. Right. right. And, and they still are, but, oh you know, but, you know, you're starting to see there's, there's a lot of good that can be that. If, of course. And I want to give a shout out to a project, which I'm excited about. And there are, there are many others. I'd probably pull, pull up a page on this, but I'm not going to give an endorsement. I don't want to give any financial endorsements in the show, obviously, but, um, <laughs> but I will say I'm excited about Clim Klima Dow. Have you heard of this project? I haven't. No, Let's it's uh, very exciting. Yeah. It, it's, it's called K-L-I-M-A-D-A-O. And it's an anonymous group of, of creators that put this together and what they're what they're trying to do is drive up the price on carbon. Man. They, they are, so you could think of it like activist investors. And what you do is you buy this token Klima and, or this other one, which is linked to, um, it's linked to a verification protocol and that verification protocol, what they do is they buy up in, in long story to my understanding, they retire these carbon credits and the objective is just to drive up the price. Now, however. They have a very unique economic model that ties into a bonding mechanism and also a staking mes mechanism. And uh, again, this is not financial advice. I don't, I mean, I don't recommend this to anyone, et cetera, et cetera, but I like it because it's quite unique and new. Um, they used Polygon, which is, um, not a yeah. layer two solution, but a very efficient solution, which yeah. I believe is a great transition, uh, in effect. So you have some currency risk and all the rest, but at the same time, I mean, right now they have a 35,000 35, uh, APR or 40,805 APY on that, which is insane. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, this is, this is cool. You can see my, I'm, sh I'm sharing my screen right now. Uh, this is, this is pretty wild. Um, yeah, Paul, uh, Polygon's really interesting cause it's, um, it just like, you know, makes Ethereum cheaper and faster and everything, exactly. but, you know, it's one of those things once ETH2 comes out, I don't know if Polygon is going <laughs> to be around anymore. That's, yeah. It's weird. Same thing with Solana. I don't think Solana would even exist or that's right. it would exist, but not be where, I mean, it's, you know, it's growing in market cap crazy. Uh, yeah, it's just like, it, it's weird that the, yeah, they're, they're kind of, they haven't upgraded Ethereum yet, but I think that's going to help yeah. this. You have to. Like we're gonna have to lobby the miners to make that happen. Yeah, no, it, it's super cool, and um, yeah, I, I'm really excited about this kind of stuff. This is this is really. This is really there are many other projects similar to this. Um, yeah, I, I should actually be give more shout outs and such, but I just to get excited about. If you look at this constitution play, this one immediately on that spaces tonight, one of the people who are on one of those who were on stage yeah. said. Well, it looks like we lost, but they immediately jumped to the idea that they want to buy stadiums. Did you hear that? Yeah, they, 
it was like a sports team or something. Yeah, and I was like, person, yeah. And like clicked in. I was like, oh wow, that's actually genius because I would love I like the Pittsburgh Pirates. <laughs> you know, like whatever you know, a, a, a sport that'd be insane. But I think it could very easily happen, and then give. It's kind of similar to what the Green Bay Packers like. You can own a piece of the Green Bay Packers. They really, that's great. Yeah, they let it's it's uh, publicly owned. Or I guess private. I don't know. Huh. You can buy share of the Green Bay Packers, and they're the only. Well, that may be the future of sports, right there. That's really awesome. Yeah, it, it's it's really cool. Um, Who's your team? Well, I, I yeah, I grew up in Pittsburgh and everything, so I'm a big uh, Steelers. Steelers. Uh, you're out in you're in L.A. though, right? So well, Huntington Beach in Orange County. I don't even know who are. I think the Rams is the closest team or something like that. I'm not a big football yeah. fan I, either way, so I shouldn't shouldn't uh, make that one up. <laughs> yeah, I well, love football, great sport though. It's it's a great sport. I just I'm not a huge fan. Yeah, there there's a lot of interesting. Um, there's a lot of interesting things over the last few years that have happened with L.A. sports teams, but. Um, conversation for a different day. Uh, well, I'm the room bluff. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I want to. I want to shift gears a little bit. I want to talk about some of the stuff that you're excited about in your in your space. You've invested in over forty companies now. Yeah, uh, as an angel investor, I've invested in forty deals. I just got the sign off today. I invested in a. I don't know if I should announce it, but um, I just got the angel deal to go through on this alternative dairy company which is uh -huh. wow um there's a lot to be discovered here think of think of i'm just gonna kind of uh, go into an idea space for a moment with, without trying to be material because i don't know how much i can discuss yet but i'm really excited about it think of the idea that you could have a plant-based or cellular-based um alternative protein let's say dairy that had all the attributes of better health uh, low saturated fat etc cetera, etc cetera that gave you the exact same experience. There are companies doing this as, you know, you know, think of like impossible burger, for example, sure. plant-based plant type of, I interviewed, <clears throat> interviewed someone that worked, that worked for them previously. I'm going to, I'm actually going to publish that, but I'm um, looking forward to that. The, this idea that you can get the, the flavor profile, you can get the tech, the texture and kind of the whole experience of, let's just say, you know, the meat experience is really exciting. There was a company I saw with, um, they had just spun out of, uh, I don't have the name, but there's this company I saw recently and I didn't invest in them, but I'm just excited about them. SOSV is this biogenetics kind of, uh, lab based investment accelerator. And one of their recent cohort startups was working, they are working on creating, uh, plant-based fats that synthesize all the aspects of, of fat that you'd get, like say in a steak which have melting point considerations and things like that. So really? it, yeah, it's super fascinating. And then you have the, always the texture and all the, you know, the, the protein aspects that's really dynamic. I, I hope to share that podcast interview with you too. Maybe you'll find it interesting. Yeah, it's, that's pretty wild. It's, uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of the alternative milks now, like almond milk and oat milk, but they, uh, they don't, they, they drastically change the taste of, of milk, <laughs> you know, that's like, um, no, no, that, imagine plant-based milk that had the, like that passed the Turing test of milk. Um, imagine. Yeah. And it, it was healthy for you. Yeah. And you know, I, I don't know how much you can say, but is it, is the base, is it like almond? Is it oats? Is it something different? Is it a combination of several things? What probably, is the... I kind of, <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> I will go there. Okay. You're all good. You're all good. Uh, no, that, I'll, I'll just go out into some other examples that I'm really excited about in my own angel portfolio. And then I could, I can actually only announce one company that we've invested in called, uh, peep connect. They're based out of the Midwest. This, um, this team is tremendous. They're working in social commerce and with Gen Z and trying to make the local economy stimulated in a, in a very unique business model. And I, our fund invested in them. So I'm really excited about them and maybe I can invite them onto the show or something like that. <laughs> they'd love to be interviewed i imagine um on the angel side because i can really only talk that we only made two investments out of the fund one i can't actually announce yet on the angel side i've invested i think we talked about 40 deals and there are many many that i'd like to list but i'm just kind of scrolling through the page right now one 
one exciting one is called Drone Seed. Have you heard of them? Yeah, I was actually going to bring that up. Uh, yeah, they're crazy. Super cool. Uh, and I think it's solving. Yeah. Tell, tell us more about yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can only tell you what I think I know right now. Um, they're scaling really rapidly and um, they are, think of them like a fire prevention post uh, post fire replanting solution that uses drones to to efficiently plant areas where this there's a higher survivability rate and a much lower cost things like that sort of these um sort of drone swarms that plant in a very sophisticated way now i saw this deal way back when and i thought oh my gosh this is, seems almost impossible but as they started to really show traction i got to know the founders and kind of what they were doing i realized this is actually an incredible company i i yeah, I love what they're doing. I just to pick that out of the out of the hat. There's another one that's a little less obvious on the impact side, but there's this company called Neighborly. N e y b o r l y. Neighborly. I, I know that. I know uh, Ben and then ben, it, it's tremendous. Yeah, we did a couple events with them actually in uh, back before COVID. Uh, when I was out in LA and uh, San Francisco, we used two Neighborlies uh, for for our events. And so cool. I can't yeah, uh, my day. I, I, I love them because I, I actually I think I found out about them through Jason Calcanis and then yeah. uh we uh, I met them and then we so I was like, hey, we should partner, like we're doing all these events and stuff. And then we just started doing a couple events and then COVID hit. Uh, but we we're gonna use neighborlies for like all these different cities that we we're gonna go into. So uh, I, I, I love. I want to give another shout out to Ben. It, I'm so excited that you're promoting them and, and kind of going behind with them. I want to say Ben. Ben is tremendous. He's shown so much resilient resiliency through the pandemic. Probably got hit harder than most companies out there. Oh yeah. And, and just to say that he and he and his brother are tremendous founders, and what they're building is awesome. I really love them. It's not standing out as necessarily one of the strongest sustainability or and or social good um, uh, uh, products, but I truly believe what they're doing is is great on multiple levels in terms of creating a, a location-based sense of community with these custom, like these, um, what you call it, curated spaces that they, they put a lot of design into. They just create a sense of community in places that don't necessarily have it. And um, it, what it really does is it makes it more affordable to, to host events, in my opinion, it makes it more affordable host events. You would normally pay to go to a hotel and overpay and it would, you know, kind of dry, poor lighting. I love what they're doing. For sure. I want to give, give one last uh, one last shout out, another company I'm really excited about called Milk Run. And they're really, again, in like this local tech, hyper-local grocery delivery space, but they're emphasizing organic produce, uh, locally farmed and sourced produce, and also kind of uh, sustainable organic uh bundles in a delivery model that, that, that I think is just tremendous. And, and the female founder there, she's just, she's awesome. You know, you, you hear her speak a couple of times and you're like, oh, this person is just going to, just going to kill it. She's doing great. Yeah, this is, this is pretty cool as well. Um, I love all of these. There's, there's so much opportunity, I think in the sustainability industry right now. Yeah. And, um, it just. It's still so early in it too, because it hasn't really. No, it, it well, it's probably partially my fault. I should be scaring you more, telling you how urgent it is to save the future. Yeah. Well, if you look at all the smartest people in the world and all the richest people in the world, they're all getting into climate change, sustainability. Yes. Uh, some of them are getting into space, which is, you know, that's its own uh, thing, but oh, that's so exciting there. You know, that can also kind of go towards you know, social good and sustainability as well, because so. a lot of people believe that we're going to need to become, you know, interplanetary and, and all that as well. So I'm going to work on fixing the planet here first. I like, I like the interplanetary. Oh, I, oh, I look at it too. It's like, Hey, uh, why don't we put the billions of dollars towards like, you know, some of the stuff here real quick, and then we could put more of the billions late in like another, like 25 years towards <laughs> space. Okay. Okay. I want to do, I have to do service here. There are two more companies I would like to highlight. Uh, one is a highly diverse, amazing team on unspun. I don't know if you've heard about them. Unspun. Okay. They're la think of it like last mile factories for, for clothing that is custom clothing. They're basically, think of it like 3d printed clothing. Unspun.io. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
And they are very, very exciting. They went through the gauntlet in terms of grant grant funding, et cetera. I had the I had the privilege to invest in them. I think it was at seed or series A. I think it's at seed I invested. And my gosh, what they're doing, it's it's incredible. Um can't really talk to a lot of the details, but I'm excited about them. Another one, have you heard of Aether Diamonds too? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm excited to tell you about this one. This is a great sustainability opportunity. Think of a carbon negative diamond that's that's pulled, it pulls atmosphere from the air using renewable energy, and it makes you a diamond engagement ring. The founder of this company, Ryan, is tremendous. He has, by, I don't know, 10 plus years of experience in the jewelry industry and knows all about the distribution aspects, et cetera, and marketing and all the rest. But effectively, to my understanding, you're getting a carbon negative diamond that you give in an engagement ring in this highest quality grade diamond. And I, I can't give you exact numbers in terms of offsets, but but it's um, definitely a sustainability aspect, in my opinion. And it's a social good in, the fact, in effect as well. I don't know if you can pull them up. I can try to find their URL URL for you there. It's uh, A-E-T-H-E-R diamonds.com. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I got it here. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, I, I've been kind of blown away. I mean, I'm not, uh, married or anything, but it, the, the whole diamond industry is pretty wild. Yeah. And, it, it's heavy. And, and what goes into it from my understanding is like, uh, I mean, it's a lot of work and, you know, different, you know, working conditions and, and all that for a right. lot of people. So, um. Yeah, this is really fascinating. And interesting of the origin story of diamonds, it was kind of just literally made up and then it just became this, you know, pseudo rare thing that doesn't really do anything besides it looks nice and it shines bright. Um, <laughs> so like it kind of caught on and then just got, you know, completely capitalized with the wedding industry. But yeah, I mean, th- this is really, really cool. Um, Michael, I'd like to highlight one other thing about my angel portfolio that I'm very proud of and con- conscious of. The 84% of the startups I've backed, 84% have one or more underrepresented founders, and that's intentional. And I want to also say that, you know, not to kind of like wax poetic and do the whole humble brag thing, but I think that it's uh, um, Ar- Arlen Hamilton and Brian Landers a couple few years ago gave me the inclination to look at that as a value driver. And I believe that I believe strongly that it is. So I, I would want to encourage everyone to um, to filter for that and screen for that and actively seek that out. And um, you know, just just I think personally that it's a tremendous opportunity that may be way overlooked. <laughs> wink, wink. One hundred percent. I think it's if if you're looking at underserved and underrepresented markets, founders, startups, all of that, and you know, there's, there's a huge opportunity right now, not just it, even that, but also in different markets too. Yes. Uh, outside of the Valley and whatnot. It's one of the reasons why I love what like Brandon Brooks is doing, uh, yes. like overlooked. overlooked. Yeah. I mean, that there, there's, there's so much of happening Janine as well. Yep. And there's, there's so much opportunity there, uh, for sure. So I, I love that. And I think. Uh, getting different perspectives, getting different, um, you know, you, you look at the world differently, uh, depending on where you're from and how you grew up in the environment and everything, and you're going to understand things that no one else could because of that. And you're going to uncover different problems. And then what entrepreneurs are about is, you know, building those solutions for different, those different problems. Um, so huge, huge opportunities. Uh, with that and, you know, just another reason why, like you're, you're going to be dominating the space for, for the, oh, well, actually we are, we are going to, <laughs> let's, let's yes. include us all here. <laughs> for sure. Um, so th- there was a, there was a question too, that came in, um, and about how, how you find these companies and, uh, you know, it's something that is really important for obviously deal flow for investors It's extremely important. How do you, especially as a solo, you know, GP and, you know, as an angel investor, 
right? Like these larger funds, they have all these people working for them, the sorting deals and all this other stuff. How, how do you approach that? How, how are you getting out there? How are you finding deal flow? How are you connecting with startups and entrepreneurs? And you know, what are, you know, the ways that you go about doing that and making the connections with founders? Yeah, I'd love to share this. And I think there's so much room for all of us as investors to improve here. Um, I think the current way that I, I see myself continuing in the process is just being very active on Twitter for, for one, um, uh, you know, first, first underscore last is, is my Twitter handle. And another way is to, to host rooms in Entra or in clubhouse or in spaces. And those help a lot just because it, it helps tie it together, a community for positive, this, um, community is on venture scale, positive impacts. And really that does drive deal flow. And a, a lot of times really, I have to say another thing that's super valuable is just being helpful and paying it forward to people along the way. I mean, Michael, you and I have had, had some pretty awesome, I, I mean, I've had great experiences engaging with you and it just makes me want to work with you more. And so for, for me, I try to find people that I resonate with and a diverse set of people that I resonate with. And oftentimes that means making warm introductions and, um, and you know, as long as you have a diverse, um, pool of, of, of colleagues and friends and, and people in your, in your um, space, I think it's appropriate to say that, uh, it's good to get introductions from, from that base. Um, but it, again, highly emphasizing the diversity aspect, because what, what ends up sometimes happening is you get this unconscious bias aspect, um, where you filter for people based on what they look like or, you know, how they sound like, or all the rest. And I don't like to do that. So I would say that, um, just being open-minded and being, um, helpful, paying it forward is a great way to help lift the ecosystem. And by lifting the ecosystem, it's really amazing to me every single day, how doing that routinely over five, six, 10 months, it starts, you just start, I mean, I see five, 10 deals a day, just for people that are like, Hey, this is Michael here. Hey, yay. Ladies been a month or two, how are you doing? Let's say hi, you know, and then all of a sudden there's an opportunity or a few and, um, not being greedy on, on, um, on what you get out of every transaction is a good learning thing for myself. Not being, you know, Hey, what is my immediate reward here? Being open to what we can gain together, I guess is a good way to look at it. For sure. I, I absolutely love that. And yeah, I think, uh, getting to just know other founders too. Uh, you know, like founder, like I'm always talking to other founders as well, right? Yeah. Not, not just because of what, even if I was starting any other kind of company, but particularly with Entra, like I'm always, you know, if I come across any business that I think is good for you, I'm going to intro you to that person or another investor or whatever. Uh, so, you know, in like getting to know founders, uh, yeah deeper levels, they're always going to introduce other founders to other investors. And, you know, they're, they're always going to be, you know, t connected in, in one way or another. I mean, and, I, and I love, cause there's a lot of investors too, out there that literally won't look at deals outside of the Valley, or they won't look at deals unless, oh, this company also invested, or if they went to this school or whatever else. And, you know. It is what it is, and they have a track record. Well, well I have to say that um, I actually do have a bias there. Um, I, I'll just state my own bias. We don't have a, 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 what do you call it, a mandate to in fund one. Um, we're raising under 506C, so I can openly talk about what I choose to talk about. I'm not offering financial advice or forward-looking, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, so what I can say is that we can invest outside of the U.S., but I screen away from it, and I say, look, I want to back us startups fund one, because there are so many, I mean, first of all, there are a ton of deals from outside of the U S a ton. Secondly, each country has its own legal aspects, which means more legal costs, et cetera, et cetera. So I consciously say, we're going to focus on us startups headquartered. And I know that that's a bias, but I have to, at some point make some sort of uh, dividing line, even though, you know, I'm probably missing out on many, many unicorns. <laughs> Yeah, that, that hurts. Well, the thing is, it's, it's actually getting easier and easier for foreign founders to set up legal entities in the U S like one of our partners, actually firstbase.io, they, they allow anyone to set up a, an entity in the U S 
like so great. they'll give you an address, all that. They'll take care of all of it. And it's, it's actually super affordable. Uh, Thanks for that. I'm going to check them out. Yeah. If there, there's, I, I would be happy to intro, like, uh, we have a deal with them too. So, uh, nice. first, first base .io slash Andre or something. Um, up and check it out, but yeah, I can, I'll definitely send you that first base.io is the site. Um, and it's for thought on food for thought on that one. I want to say one thing about this is it, the legal due diligence is costly. So just if founders are listening and they're thinking that we may want to headquarter in the U S I don't want to give any financial or legal advice either, but one thing just, you know, depending on where you're at and how much you're raising that that can eat into funds so it may be worth targeting bigger funds that are more used to doing that uh, but yeah but just food for thought for sure so how they structure it is it's actually so it's 399 and you get an LLC or c corp in delaware or wyoming oh my uh, gosh there's the ein us bank account with i think they partner with mercury for this which which is also one of our other partners a physical address in the us and then you get uh, free calls with, uh, and they give you the post incorporation docs as well. Uh, Entra startups get 15% as well off oh. of the three nine nine. So I gotta it, say, I don't want to shine you on too much, Michael, but I love what you're doing with Entra <laughs> and I just, your, your energy is unstoppable. And like, just, I mean, just seeing you real time right now, do this, this screen share and you're innovating in real time in front of my eyes. I'm just, I'm just so excited for you. <laughs> I'm just so excited. Yeah, it's come a long way. We, uh, the, the app, uh, last, you know, when we first rolled it out, it, it was, you know, it, it was pretty rough, but, uh, it, it's getting there. Uh, we're really excited about it. And, uh, you know, there, there's just a, a lot of like, you know, things that we've been really working towards and we're excited to start really getting out there now and start doing more marketing and everything. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of, um, there's so many different uh, software and services now to help founders. And there's almost something, no matter what your problem is as a founder or even an investor now, it's, it's easier to raise a fund. It's easier to raise for investors. It's easier to incorporate. Um, and we're trying to even make it extremely easy by not even doing that, but also like, you know, being able to talk about it and get connected to people, um, within, you know, those interests or those industries, uh, as well. Uh, so hey, Michael, can I, can I ask you something I would normally never ask in public? Sure. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> when you, uh, when you finally like decide to move forward in other ventures, I want to get a soft commit for you getting my, in, in my future fund, by the way. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I, I, I definitely, I can't wait. Um, like I can't wait to get into, I want to get into a bunch of stuff. Like, so to give you a little bit of background real quick, um, yeah. I don't know. On the line. So my, my degree is actually in civil and environmental engineering. I do know this. And so I was like, I'm huge into, I'm, I, I love sustainability. I built like a solar and electric, like car in like fifth grade. And like, what? I'm like a huge fan of all of this stuff. I just like, I know that I can't just like, I can't handle all of it right now. But I want to get, I want to get into all of this stuff. I, the fact that we are not sustainable and that oil and uh, natural gas and electricity and all this stuff, it costs so much money and we're depleting so many of just our, our natural resources when there's, you know, clear that like very clear, obvious energy sources at our disposal and needs where we can you know, not only uh, create energy, but food and, and all this stuff in a, in a much better way. Uh, yeah. Like I, I 100% can't wait to get into that. I just like, you know, it, it, that's going to come at a later portion of my life and, um, I'm looking forward to it, but it's, uh, you know, it's something that I want to like focus on what we're doing now, because I know it's going to like help a lot of people and then, you know, get into all that stuff later. And wow. I, I will, you will be the, the, the first for first person like in the speed dial just come on <laughs> so great so uh zeka what um as, as we get i know i know we're coming up on time here so i want to be i want to be you know careful and, and conscious of your time what uh what in so you're you're in all these really fascinating innovative industries and whatnot 
what are you know maybe the one two three really exciting things that you're looking into over the over the coming years like what are the either their startups or just the industries in general or the solutions that you're seeing uh what are i know you mentioned a bunch of startups but are there any uh are there any that you haven't mentioned or any like really fascinating things within sustainability that you're like this is going to be huge in the coming years i love that thank you so much the first thing that i think would pop pop into mind is just the nexus opportunity set where you, we look at sustainability holistically in the sense that you really can't take one piece out of the equation and get the rest mm. and just trying to encourage more startups in that space is in, important and i know that it can be more more complicated it can be one of those things where for example you just talked about clean energy and i know that you have this desire to work there and i know that perhaps you don't see this opportunity as being strongly associated with that part of your personal mission but i would say that you may even be able to look deeper and for example even if it's just a band-aid to some degree um you know look at look toward integrating sustainability into your own practices and so what i'm guess i'm driving at is that you know without it going toward the topic of esg I would go for looking at opportunities to do more social good and more sustainability in your own startup today. And if that means something like integrating um, reward systems that where people feel that they're, they're able to participate in some type of social lottery or some type of um, social uh, uh, community um, sort of mechanism, I, I truly think that, you know, the more you can emphasize sustainability and social good in your own startup and everyone's own startup, I think it just drives us more towards sustainability. So I would actually turn it back to you and, and almost challenge you to think more about what are some of the environmental aspects you could integrate into your firm that, that didn't necessarily misalign with your, your core focus. And so I guess to, to really round it out, I'm very excited about and you as a founder. But I'm also excited about other founders who are uh, looking at opportunity sets where there are these overlapping aspects. Um, you know, clean water meets social impact, for example. Um, climate change meets uh, a highly diverse team. Uh, anything of that nature where there's a, a very clear uh, multiple impact component. Yeah, I that I, I appreciate you for for bringing this up too because I think it's something that. I would love to figure out ways to, you know, start implementing, uh, more for this. Like we just started really doing more. Um, like we just actually implemented this points, uh, system where people actually earn points for inviting other users and they earn like points when other people upload their content. And we're trying to figure out, we're going to be giving out prizes and people can redeem like that. the prizes and stuff, but I'd love to give people the ability to redeem points for other things too, or like. Maybe we, you know, if you redeem, you know, your points, we'll plant a tree or some, something like that too. That's and exactly it. You, you may, you may downplay it and you may say it's only a, you know, it's only a point or it's only one tree or a handful of trees, yeah. but actually I think that that's the unlock because, you know, you're just creating an environment, a culture within your own team where, where sustainability becomes more of, of an interesting topic. And yeah. Yeah, if, what better person could do that? If I have yeah. to say for sure, I think there's a lot of opportunity. I've seen companies now actually put like carbon neutral company on their websites now. And, um, I, I guess it's kind of similar to like a B Corp certification where there's, I guess there's some foundation that actually looks into, you know, your energy usage and then make sure you're doing, uh, offset somehow. So I'd look like that. That's something that we should definitely look into as well. Are you seeing any unique ways that people are doing this? Oh yeah. Well, take for example, example, KlimaDAO, but yep. off of the blockchain and without the web three, 3.0 component, there are other land-based approaches to, um, ecosystem services. Take for example, um, Pachama, which was Sequoia back They're reaching series B now, I think, and they're incredible. Uh, it, take drone seed would be another example of this where there are multiple impact aspects that aren't just driven solely toward climate change, let's say, but they also don't have a very strong sort of like 
uh, sort of like off ramp to uh, gambling or, you know, vice and things like this. So there are these companies that embrace more complexity and see a market outside of something else. It can be complicated though. And I'll say one of the most complicated part of being an impact investor from my experience is not knowing where to draw the line on the obvious uh, vice, com- vice side. For example, there are some companies that have a massive market in, in military services, but then they also have a social good side. So I guess it, it's a really kind of a case by case and there's no playbook for this for the founders nor the investors, if I had to be totally frank. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it, it's, yeah, there, there's some gray area there for sure. <laughs> yeah. And it, it is tricky. Um, but it, it's, I think almost every company in the future is going to have some component, like they're going to need to have some component or people aren't going to buy their stock or exactly. want to work there or all these other things. So yeah. yeah, I, I just put in the room chat, let's, let's plant some trees. So <laughs> and I, I know Miriam's like, uh, big into this. It's fantastic. She's great. Yeah. So we, we can definitely figure out some, some ways of, of making this happen. Uh, but we also have a question here about like, uh, someone wants to get into angel investing, okay. give, give some advice for if someone has never made an angel investment before, if they, if they're not really super familiar with startups and tech, what would you recommend for them as a place to get started, um, with angel investing and maybe, you know, starting to put some money into startups. Okay. Let's create this into a little bit of a social lottery. I will give 15 more minutes for three more questions, which is nudging the audience to be more active. Okay. So let's start with angel investing. How does someone get into angel investing? Yep. Okay. All right. I'm ready for it. Angel investing is anyone could be an angel investor today. The SEC recently changed the rules to allow for people to have FINRA designation. I think it's series 65. You can get the designation, pay for it, take the test, become an unsponsored. Uh, again, this is not legal financial advice, but you know, just one thing one can look into. You can get this uh, accreditation under the new rule changes that had been in place for 50 plus years. They, they now change them. And you can become accredited. What, what does that mean? Accredited investor in the U.S. is under the SEC designation. Once you get designated as such, you can get access to certain deals, say hedge funds, real estate, even crypto, uh, angel investing in equity, etc. I focus on angel investing in equity. And for an accredited investor there, once you get certified, you can have it under the wealth standard or this other version of the standard. Then you can invest on platforms like AngelList. You can invest on other platforms that have reg CF, which are called, which retail investors can invest in. And here's what I would also say before you even worry about becoming a quote unquote angel investor, accredited investor, I would say two things, work for a startup, work for a few, get some exposure, maybe even start your own company. Also consider working as a, doing scouting. I would also say, start investing in reg CF deals, start, start seeing a lot of those deals, be critical of those deals, start building your own portfolio. Even if you're not accredited, there's, there's really no excuse today because, because there are some tremendous deals in the open, in the open, uh, um, actually I'm going to give a shout out on the show here. <laughs> Is there another question while I look for something here, Mike? Uh, yeah, I just, I just asked. Um, so we'll, we'll see they're, they're going to be coming through. So yeah, go ahead. You're good. Well, I'm going to do a fun shout out to a founder who I like, who I believe is very overlooked. Um, tremendous founder. Her name is Jody Frank and, um, she runs Culinear. It's uh, C U L I N E E R. I don't know if that's culinear.com, but they, they work with, um, farm. I think they're called C- communities CSAs and they're, they're basically trying to scale a company in a more efficient manner for CSAs. They're running a WeFunder campaign right now, and I'm not promoting them. I haven't invested nothing else, but she's great. And I just wanted to give a shout out to what uh, Culinary is working on. And that is a reg CF deal. So anybody can invest. And, um, you know, you definitely want to do all your own due diligence and kind of make your decision based on high research and conviction, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, th- and it is a highly risky endeavor. So just to be very clear, angel investing, tends to have a, what's called a power law where you have, let's say anywhere from 60 to 70% of companies failing or not returning your money. And they usually take about five to seven years to exit. You cannot get out, get out early in those deals under most equity deals. And knowing that it, the name of the game is to try to get the winners making as much more to cover most of the losses. And 
because it's a distributed power law, um, you get some quote unquote unicorns and things like this, which um, I'm not necessarily encouraging, but um, just want to encourage the aspect of risk to be aware of that. Yeah, for sure. I think there's, I mean, we did a wheat funder campaign last year. Um, it was cool to just get other people in the community to invest. And then we obviously raised money from other, you know, uh, angels and, you know, more institutional investors, but it was just cool to open that up, uh, to, to the community. And I think, uh, right. well, I I'd like to do another one in the future at some point in time, because I think it's really powerful, uh, to let other people like to people in the community who actually are building it with you have the ability to do that. Oh my gosh. I think, um, DAOs are going to be interesting to see how people do that. I'm really curious to see how, how those work out with venture, um, over the coming months and years. So, uh, we have another question here. All right, let's go about mental health. So how do you take care? Obviously there's a lot of, you know, good days, bad days with investing. Uh, Man, who, who just teed me up for this one? Okay. I'll, I'll go there. I like it. So how do you deal with your, you know, the mental health? How do you deal with the ups and downs? Are there any things that you do to, you know, get over it or, you know, like, obviously, you know, there's, there's a lot of different scenarios that happen as you're investing in companies and, you know, there's, there's a lot of good things in there. There's a lot of bad things too. So. Yeah. How do you overcome those? Have you found any solutions that have worked well for yourself or other founders and investors that, you know, um, I will, I will say generally, this is for myself only, um, for me personally, I like playing the guitar. I mean, it's, for me, it's nice and relaxing. I, you know, I like going out and in, into nature and taking walks. My wife and I take a lot of walks together. Being out in nature is really healthy. However, overlooked it may seem in my opinion. There's actually a lot of research and studies surrounding why nature is so good for our psyche. And, um, part of it has to do with like the chaos of nature and the fact that we cannot control and predict it to some of the research showed that. And so just getting outside and looking around you, like what are the birds doing? What are the plants doing? You know, just observing nature is if you can get anywhere near it or anything, just do it uh, go to the beach or whatever you can do. Um, also I'll say meditation is generally great. I. Uh, sometimes I have a hard time keeping up on my own meditation process, but it helps me personally a lot. Um, and I'll give a little bit of a shout out. We're actually on, okay. So positive, um, on venture scale, positive impacts with an eye to eye in the middle. If you go to our Twitter account, we're running a, you did team me up for this, Michael, didn't you? Of course. No, that's the question, but uh, I'm here for it. I'm actually well, going uh, to link it right now though. Okay, great. Uh, okay. So there, we're doing a fun, fun giveaway with, uh, it's called founders system. It's foundersfirstsystem.com, And it's a, a formerly exited founder who's basically running a startup that I think that they're doing mostly because they just want to help other founders. And they, they have this program that is a year long program. Um, we're giving away three year long subscriptions to it. I think it's $300 or $250 for the year. And we're just doing a giveaway in, through the end of the year. So if anyone here wants, you know, to enter, you just DM positive. And if you want to follow, that's great. It's really just kind of a, an experiment. I don't know if anyone's done it before. It, hopefully it turns out well. I can't, I can't subscribe. I don't know what it's all about, but it seems really great. I love it. I just linked it in the, uh, in the room chat there for people. Michael, you're, you're creating so many positive impacts by just being yourself and you just, I want to encourage you to keep going forward. You're, you're a force. I love it. I appreciate that. And, uh, our, our last question here, do you Hold think on, here we go. these can be built with hundred percent remote teams? Absolutely not. Good night. <laughs> I, I have no idea. <laughs> That's too hard of a question to answer. Okay. Okay. So specifically hundred percent remote teams, hundred percent remote, hundred percent remote. Okay. So you have no office other, what are like, are we talking about like a, we work, we can work at, or what are we talking about? We don't have yeah. any. So, I mean, I can give like here at Entre, we're almost basically hundred percent remote. Like I'm in our office, right. But it's like a two or three, I mean, it's like a three person office basically. And, uh, and then the rest of the team is in, you know, uh, New York, Florida, California, Arizona, Mexico. Uh, Colombia, Argentina, Africa. So like we're, we're, we're pretty remote. We have, you know, a few people here in Pittsburgh, 
Um, and and I, I see opportunity here in Pittsburgh because it's like really affordable and there's a lot of good talent and stuff. And I, and I like the idea of having a core team in the same place and all of that. Um, but, there's you know, the I think, uh, well, no, no, the question is to you. I was just describing what our situation is. Well, well, I can't, you just, answer, you just but, answered it though. You really just answered it. Like something like us would, uh, be, I guess, but we're, we're still very, we're still very small, you know, in early stage. Right. So, well, you know, as, as, you know, people, as, as this evolves, like there are some examples of, you know, hundred percent remote teams. Like I think base camp is, and there's another one that I'm forgetting, but uh, there's a few. Like, so what if you write a book on that? <laughs> how to do it? You know, how to scale, and you should write the book. There, we have it. We just gave you. A... <laughs> well, we'll see. Uh, um, I guess let, let's ask this: How many of your companies are have remote teams? Like, do you know the companies that you've invested in? Are they all like? Do they all just work in the same place? Are they all physical? Have physical office and work there? Do they have to throw a number at you? I have not spent a whole lot of time. Time I only know half of the founders in my own portfolio because I've invested through syndicates and yeah. a small angel investor. Um, but I'll say that those that I do know, and I could probably guess that maybe half or so, something like that. I don't know if that's accurate though. I may be wrong about that. Gotcha. These are yeah. not easy questions. I like them. It's well, it, it depends. I think on the type of company that you, you want to run and the culture you want to build and everything. Um, like for us, it's just, you know, I, I don't really care who you are, where you're from, where you want to school that. Like if, if you fit with the team and you can, you know, you communicate well, you're on time, you get the work done and you know, you're good. Then I, that's all that really matters at the end of the day, uh, especially for the type of business that work to you. Can I come and work for you? I, I like working with you already. I can tell, <laughs> how do I sign up? Well, I, I think a lot of it too, from, from what I've, I've seen, uh, and the conversations I've had, there's a lot of people leaving companies that were forcing them to go back to the office. Right. Just so that they can keep working remote. Uh, cause COVID was like, oh, I can do this and I can get just as much work done working from home or traveling and more flexibility. So in my opinion, the future of work is flexible. It's remote. It's much more entrepreneurial. Um, it's heavy, you know, tech, virtual, all that stuff. So uh, there is still a tremendous amount of value in being around your team. I love working in person with my team and with people. I can't wait to do that more. I can't wait to like, you know, do team offsites and all that stuff with what Carrie was just getting at. Any motivational speakers in Bali, I'll sign myself up. Let's do it. I will keep you at that actually. Oh, so, no. Yeah. We will, we're, we're, we're trying to figure out where we want to, where we want to do something after, That's our, fun. after our, after our raise, I want to get the team together and, and do something. So we'll, we'll figure, we'll figure it out. Uh, I'll definitely keep you, I'll keep you through. but, um, Australia, yeah. Australia may be all right as well. I could probably yeah. compromise. Yeah. I, I have never, I've never been to Australia or, or Bali. So, uh, I've heard a lot of great things. Um, about both of them, but, um, as, as we wrap up here, Zeka, where, um, number one, where can people find you, follow you, uh, learn more about everything. Um, and do you have any parting words for everyone? Any pieces, uh, final piece of advice for, you know, founders or investors out there? Yes. I have one that I'll say very strongly. And Michael, I want to say thank you again. Really enjoyed this. I hope to be a guest on your show again. You're a great interviewer. Thank you again. Likewise. Thank yeah, you. more of a conversation than an interview, honestly. I feel like well, it was, uh, it was well, a lot forth. You know, you know, one thing someone told me when I started podcasting is just make your, your guests look great and give them an opportunity to be themselves in China. And I think you do that. And I, I mean, I, I think it's conscious as well. You're doing a great job. I want to, yeah, I want to say it again. I'm doing a great job. Um, I want to say this as well about advice. I don't tend to give advice because I usually fail in doing so, uh, but I do give some feedback as you know, Michael. And I think here, what I'd say is that one thing about what I'm trying to encourage is, is founders to develop their own positive impact within the story, but also just within the operation and, and being leaning into that. So I would encourage each of your founders to think more about why am I doing this? What motivates me to do it? And how can I make more of a positive impact in doing so? And 
I think that it's worth it, even if you don't necessarily see an immediate financial reward in a particular direction. I, I think you said it yourself, just building that culture, building it, you know, into more commitment from your client base, from your, your customer retention aspect. I would just encourage your own personal set of positive impacts to focus on those. I love that. Thank you. Absolutely. That. Where I just. <laughs> You should, you need to like, yeah, you should definitely add that to, uh, to your the guy, the guy with the, the, the bubble head popping. Actually, that's my emerging human, uh, logo. You like that? I love it. I love it. Um, I dropped some links, uh, responsibly.vc. Responsibly.vc on I Twitter. Your Twitter there. Uh, I dropped your link tree as well. Uh, and we'll, we'll link to all of that in the show notes as well, but, uh, Zeka, Really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Entrepreneur Show. If you'd like to connect and network with other like-minded people, entrepreneurs, investors, freelancers, and startups, check out our app or go to our website, joinentra.com. Thank you so much for being a part of our community. If there's anything that we can do to help you, please reach out to us and let us know.